0: Anyone still laughing at Will
1: Crow, that's all I've got to ask this morning. Good morning, very good morning to fans of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club. This is Daily Shot of Pirates, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. If you happen to be into football and or hockey, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates 8, Dodgers 4. You don't need me to read you the score because you so very much stayed up to watch that one. There's no way you were conking out after maybe having conked out the first two nights and waking up and hearing and reading all this wonderful stuff about how the Pirates had been playing at Dodger Stadium. Well, now, especially with a chance to sweep, yeah, yeah, you don't need for me to summarize anything. You know exactly who hit the home runs. You know exactly who made all the defensive gems. And by now, you've probably had a chance to read up on the various... Historical data attached to this series, my favorite among them by far, being that this was the Pirates' first sweep against anyone anywhere since August of 2020 against the Brewers at PNC Park. And yes, that is a terrifyingly awful statistic. To bring up in this context, but it also, you know, it it puts a highlighter over what just might be happening here. Because at some point, you do have to start knocking down pins in order to get where you want to go. No, this is not a linear process, as Ben Charrington told me back in Bradenton. There are going to be ups, there are going to be downs. What you would hope for is that there will be more of the former than the latter when you're in year three of the management team. We are seeing that now. We're seeing it in every place, even starting recently with run differential. The one thing that looked like it was going to be the killer to this season that was going to turn the Pirates into, I, I don't know, I guess you could say the Reds. But you're even seeing it in, wow, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but the standings. Pirates are 22 and 27. They're five games under. They're also five games out of a wild card spot if you really wanted to hear something over the top preposterous in this episode. But there's more to this than the outcomes. And I've been trying very hard to not emphasize the outcomes all through this, not to try to make it easier on them or anything like that. If anything, I think I've probably been pretty tough on this management and on this group of players for not having shown progress in year three. But what I most wanted to see was improvement. And if it wasn't going to be improvement in certain players, it was going to be getting better players or allowing younger players who have more talent and more potential to get a chance whenever your Yoshi Tetsugos or Yu Chang or whatever other scrap heap guys come along start plugging up the process. You move them out. And you give prospects, even marginal prospects, a shot. And that, that is what's happened ever since the 18-4 to loss to the Cardinals. Three guys were called up over the following 48 hours. Three of them. And what do you know? Everything started to swing in the other direction. North Shore Tavern right across Federal Street from PNC Park This was Derek Shelton after the game last night in LA when asked about finally getting a sweep uh not heard and the audio unfortunately is the big smile that he broke into upon this subject coming up
0: Yeah I mean it's good I mean we we played really well uh you know throughout when we we
1: had to play well you have to play well to to be you know, the Dodgers. And uh, I'm really proud of our group because, I mean, we're running out a really young group of players, a bunch of rookies, and to come into this environment and to do that, it's pretty special. Hey, good for him too. He's the one who read the players, the riot act after 18 to four. He's the one who left David Bednar in for 50 pitches the other night when he sensed that it was important to his players to finish that particular outcome. And he's the one who, ever since his arrival, has placed a number one priority on fundamentals and defense. And then got to oversee probably the best team-wide defensive performance in a single game under his tenure last night. But what do you make of it? Well, I'll I'll, I'll retrace... The Charrington line about things not being linear, but that's probably not going to cut it. Uh, I'll look at Rodolfo Castro driving us nuts as often as he drives us into delirium. He is batting below 200, which we tend to take as a crime against humanity for most guys but it's okay with this guy because he comes up with a big hit and he comes up with a big play and he shows uh, that energy and enthusiasm. But unlike Cole Tucker, he does it with the occasional results and big results at that. That's, That's what gets you right now about this group. The play that Diego Castillo made at shortstop, Uh, Ranging well to his left and then firing back across his body to third base for Brian Hayes to tag out the runner who, you know, arrogantly was just trying to advance there uh, was outstanding. I mean, everything about it was outstanding from his decision making to his confidence to complete it to the execution. You live with that, you know, you live with that. You don't do this Yu Chang stuff. You find your guys who are part of what you're building. You embrace them. You encourage them. And you grow with them. Do more of that. Don't stop. Don't be coming back here and then tomorrow night against the Diamondbacks filling out some trash lineup again. Put these kids on the field, in front of the home fans. Let them feel some actual applause and appreciation for the first time all season from those paying customers who will have watched the way this team performed, not just in L.A., but also before that in San Diego. Should have swept the Padres, too. Keep that going. Don't overthink this. Oh, and you know what else? Just a thought here. There's a day off today, right? Can you think of a more perfect time to call O'Neill Cruz up like like, right now, call him up. Let everybody have a full day in advance after everything that just happened out there to get excited and put a bunch of seats in that ballpark and try to keep something going. They won't do this. I don't even know why I'm saying it. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Kyle, who asks when Daniel Vogelback, Ben Gamble, Kevin Newman, Yoshi Tetsugo, Jake Marisnik, and Greg Allen are ready to return. What the hell are the Pirates going to do? I know what I want them to do, but I'm not dumb enough to believe that they'll make the right moves. Kyle, your cynicism in the aftermath of this sweep is just exquisite my man exquisite this is the essence of the true pirates fan even even after a week like the one they just had that we can start thinking about the next bad thing they're going to do ah uh, let's look at the names you have here daniel vogelback is one of the top three most productive designated hitters in the majors. He's going to be the DH against. So I'm starting with the easiest one here because Yu Chang was the DH in the game last night. And this dude doesn't have a hit in this calendar year. And he struck out more than 80% of the time. So I'll take the easy one. Ben Gamble is going to play for this baseball team. And he should. Now we start getting into some shakier discussions here with the rest. Sure, Kevin Newman is welcome back. Kevin Newman is a very, very good Major League defender. And he's probably got more bat than some of the other you know, utility guys that they're carrying right now. And again, as I've said earlier this week, and I'm not going to change my tune after one night, Castro and Castillo both need some kind of seasoning that's rooted more in fundamentals for Castro, offensive consistency for Castillo. Now, Yoshi. Yoshi's got to go. I'm not even ruling out that Yoshi's stint on the injured list right now uh, you know, might be manufactured. This happens a lot with guys when they're slumping and teams don't want to risk losing them, so they have them do some work on the side or whatever else here. Whatever. I don't care in one direction or the other. Michael Chavis is not only hitting the baseball, but he's playing a good first base, and he's a former first-round pick himself. So despite his age, and he's 27, you could still, if you were being really generous, put him in the category of having something of a ceiling, if not being some full-blown prospect. He's not perfect for first base because he's not a tall guy, but then Mason Martin is going to be up here at some point in 2022. Yoshi doesn't matter at all. Yoshi needs to go. And Marisnick, I mean, God bless him for that one game at Wrigley Field. But this is a a light hitting uh, superior defender who really profiles as being somebody who should be the 26th man on the roster of some kind of contending team where you can just plug in, you know, some defensive ace in the late innings. Uh, Every manager would love to have someone like Marisnik on their roster. I just don't believe he fits here and never understood why he was added in the first place. So I don't know if that fully addressed your question, and I don't believe the Pirates have challenging decisions in front of them. The players that I just mentioned who could go won't crush anyone's soul if they're gone. But if any kind of corner was turned with this remarkable trip through California, one would hope that it's the beginning of the end of Charrington slash Shelton looking at this roster as if it's just an endless set of tryouts for mediocre, versatile crap. Now, if someone comes along and performs and fits in, let's say, for example, that Tyler Heineman does as the catcher, who knows, We've seen barely anything of him, but he's made something of an impression Uh, Josh Van Meter, who's taken a ton of heat, uh, including from me, hit pretty well on this trip. Also doesn't seem to defend particularly well. If they do something, okay, wonderful. But the priority has to be going to these kids. The priority has to be going to the ones who can be and show that they want to be part of this team's future that show that excitement, you know? You know, one thing that's going to get lost out of the five zillion things that happened in that game last night was uh, Mercano and his uh, bunt single that he put down. The Dodgers had a pretty big shift on him. He bunted in the direction of the third baseman and went diving headfirst into the bag, jumped up off the bag and motioned to the Pirates' dugout and got all, and he saw everybody that was there over the railing getting all fired up and everything. Where was that before this past week? Where was any of that? It's not the be-all and end-all, but it's a wonderful byproduct of real results. That needs to be the focus. I appreciate the question, Kyle. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. And can you believe that it was only a couple weeks ago that I did an episode called Why Are You Even Listening to This Show?